Welcome back to America's Talking. I'm Austin Berg, the co-founder and president of Ironlight, a marketing agency dedicated to a world without limitations on human potential. Today, I'm joined by Roberta Voss. Roberta is a former member of the Arizona House of Representatives, serving in the House from 1997 to 2003. Roberta joined us in part to talk about her involvement with Arizona Town Hall. Founded in 1962, Arizona Town Hall is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that educates, engages, connects, and empowers Arizonans to solve critical policy issues. Roberta, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Austin. Roberta, please do not take this the wrong way, but uh, federal politics certainly seem beyond parody at this point. Why do Arizona politics seem particularly crazy from an outside observer? <laughs> wow, we feel like maybe the lobster or the frog in the hot water. We don't. I don't know that we think it's totally crazy here because <laughs> we're boiling in it. <laughs> you know, I think um, Arizona may be unique. It, it has been known as a maverick state, certainly an independent state, um, independent in the sense that people have their own views. And a lot of people come here from other places for the freedom of having those views. And that's what I've seen over the decades that I've lived here, is that people have a lot of freedoms and act on their own. Do you think questions on election integrity in Arizona have depressed Republican voter turnout? I think it probably had some effect during the last cycle. I think there's some recovery out of that. I think the results of the recount and the last election, how the recount was handled and the conversations were handled, I think there are a lot of people who accepted that. Of course, there's some who have not. And I should note, these are my opinions, not necessarily that of the overall organization of Arizona Town Hall. I just want to make that clear. But I think many people have turned a corner and are accepting again. You know, we so interesting. Back in the 90s, Arizona was a huge proponent and initiator of voting by mail and early ballots and all of these things. And it was the opportunity for, again, those mavericks to get out there and express their opinions and make their vote and their voice heard. And to, to see it come to the a couple of years ago where that was bad and that shouldn't happen and don't do it. That was fascinating. Roberta, could you tell me a little more about your most recent experience at Arizona Town Hall? What did you discuss? What were the takeaways for you? The most recent town hall, the topic was bridging divides to build community. And it sounded like a very interesting topic. And when you dive further into it, it really had to do with the polarization of politics, conversations, relationships in Arizona right now, uh, primarily related to politics, but then the carryover to that. We spent a couple of days interacting with one another, all the various folks in the room uh, from a wide variety of backgrounds, talking about where did this come from? How did it start? What do we do about it? What are the solutions to fixing our ability to communicate with people who perhaps we don't agree with, but are nonetheless our neighbors? So it was a pretty robust and full agenda for a day and a half. And where did you end up in those conversations? Was there was there uh, 
how did that compare to what you knowledge you came in with? What did you leave with? Well, the fantastic part about it for me, and this is probably more due to my personality, is that because of the varied backgrounds, we had the opportunity to hear where people were coming from instead of just being in our own little bubble. So those who are in social services versus politics versus business could express their comments as to how we got where we are, if there's really a, a, a true beginning point, I guess. Um, and, and everyone was able to contribute what the solutions might be. So coming out of it, it, what was most fascinating to me were the two large takeaways, the, the, the largest ones, which were some systemic changes. So changes in how we elect our representatives, how we vote and when we vote. And another was the very basic of civics education. What What is it to be a member of a community, what is it to vote? What is it to understand the very simple, how how does an issue get solved? How does a bill become a law? That type of information. Um, and that was fascinating to me. It was one of my top ideas and efforts and goals was to have more civics education, but that might be because I'm a nerd. <laughs> how does so, the nature and timing of elections in Arizona encourage polarization? Well, let's see here. The, the the timing of it that you know that's interesting. Uh, years ago, they've at least consolidated our elections. We used to have elections every whip stitch. So you had schools having elections at a different time than the municipalities, which were different than the statewide efforts or the county efforts, or even the presidential preference elections. So you constantly had elections, and it, quite frankly, I think made people tired. Once they started consolidating the elections, now the ballot is so large that sometimes it's difficult to make it all the way through the ballot. So that creates a different type of fatigue, you know, a ballot fatigue. And I think as a result of that combination, that type of fatigue that people pick and choose very specific topics or candidates to advocate for, and they put all their effort into it. So in terms of timing, I think that's my opinion of where some of this polarization comes from because I'm right and you're wrong. And it's because this is what I've chosen to focus on instead of all of the issues. The nature of Arizona being, as I said, I've said in the past, you know, we're mavericks. We think on our own. We do our own thing. We're very independent. I think that that causes sometimes the ability for people to be very narrow and very focused. And I think it's just, it's getting worse. It didn't used to be this way. Mm. Yeah, when I served in the legislature and even prior to that, um, I was rather young in the legislature, but even prior to that, I was active in politics and meeting with my congressmen or my senators or the local legislative representatives or municipality, the city councils. And you could sit down and talk. And sometimes, some, and I can't finger put a finger on it, uh, sometime in the 90s, it started changing. Uh, I was still able to have civil conversations with people that I was serving with, but I could see departures of opinions within the parties. And it became 
more and more just stressful as the years went by. And certainly now a couple of decades since I've served and it's virtually impossible to get anybody to talk across the aisle now. You've talked about bridging partisan divides. Is there not also a fairly large fracture just within Arizona Republicans? Uh, sure. And how might, how is that, can that be bridged in similar ways or does that, that require a totally different approach? That could require a different approach. I don't know that I have the full answer to that one. But what, what I've observed and what we what we think we've seen, and when I say we, I mean people that I sit and have coffee talk with, you know, about these are generalizations. There's about a third of registration with the Republican Party, a little less than a third in the Democrat Party. And there's about a third of the registrations that are independent. And and people immediately stop and think, oh, well, they're all independent. <laughs> they're not Republican or Democratic. But that's not entirely true. Some of it is because members of those parties felt disenfranchised, that their parties weren't going far enough to the extreme. So they left the party and became independent so that they could express those independent maverick thoughts, I guess. So how do you, you know, maybe the question is, how do you bring those people back into the party to help solve some issues. Uh, when I when I served, I always liked reaching across the so-called party line to bridge divides, if you will. Find the commonality, find the ability to uh, uh, solve a problem and, and don't be so narrow and focused. Don't be so angry and don't be so insistent on having it your way. Figure out the commonality and come to the table with solutions. And that worked in my time. And I think that can still happen. You know, there there are people out there who are friends with people who are registered of a different party. I, I just don't think that there truly has to be a separation of or a faction of fraction of, of friendships because you're registered something different. I think those are the people who need to step up and show how it's done and start being role models or how to bridge that divide, how to build community, how to do exactly what Town Hall was hoping could happen. In issues as polarizing as, say, election integrity or immigration or abortion, yeah. what are some commonalities that you could potentially see in Arizona? I mean to say, if there are areas of collaboration, right, if mm -hmm. that's the really the end game, I think many people would find those hard to find on those issues. And maybe there are some, but maybe there are some areas of collaboration that they're simply not being presented with. Do you have, sure. are there any sort of concrete areas where you feel like there are there could be greater collaboration on even the most charged issues? I think the answer is yes. We were presented at the beginning of town hall, we were presented with a poll, it was a Gallup poll, and I don't have it in front of me or the actual numbers uh, or even the topics, but the, the, so I apologize for being not fully prepared to talk to you about those, but the, the recollection is awesome. And that was that out of that polling of Arizona residents, that they found numerous areas where people agreed, where they thought that there were topics that you could come together with consensus with other people. Of course, the, a survey can't drill down to specifics, but you know, I'll give an example that's maybe not controversial, and that is water. Water in Arizona, very important. And many people agree that from an environmental standpoint or from a, a resource standpoint that, that we have to protect our water. Water is very important to our communities. And it was a really high percentage. It was well above 
of people who were polled who agreed that that was a, a topic that they could come to a table and find consensus with. And the question is, well, can they agree on what direction you take for any kind of policy making? Um, so I would say that's an easier topic because what's controversial about water, right? Um, on the other topics, you know, in Arizona, I can sit down and have a conversation with people about the border. And I think everybody thinks the border is important to talk about and to resolve issues about. And then I think it's necessary to put in the middle of the table, okay, here are my thoughts. Here's what I think. What do you think? And be curious. Ask the people, ask people, put yourself in their shoes. What what are they thinking? Why are they thinking that? And then have the conversation. Uh, I, I think that if we could town hall every one of these controversial issues, we might come up with some consensus and some resolution to some issues. Maybe not to the entire issue, but to some of it. In what ways do Arizona's experience with and attitudes toward immigration, say, differ with Texas? Because I feel like obviously Texas is really the main player in that news recently, and we we hear very little about right. Arizona. Right, and we have a lot of border. Our entire southern border is uh, it is important, and I I, I think. I don't live in Texas. I don't I don't know enough about Texas to say why they are so much more on the forefront other than we see their governor taking the actions that he takes um, with the backing of their legislature to put up different barriers in, in the Rio Grande and to take uh, maybe other transportation elements into consideration here. You know, I've always known us to have families that live cross-border. You'll literally have families who live on either side of the border. And so there's some compassion for that. Um, I think it's a serious issue here. But I think because of the, to some degree, to some of the compassion for those families and others who are immigrating or coming across the border, that there's other conversations allowed to be had. I think there are people who also look at it as in our heat, our extreme heat, which I don't know, arguably could be worse than Texas. I know they think it's really hot there, but out in the middle of the desert with a, you know, 125 degree temperatures coming across, there are people who will provide water. It's strictly humanitarian based. So you have those types of folks again, who have compassion the human element. I'm not saying Texas doesn't. I just think it's a different order scenario. They may argue with me on that. Maybe we could come together at the table and talk about it. <laughs> what uh, are some of the most important lessons that you think the rest of the nation can draw from Arizona's political culture broadly? And then maybe more specifically, just the nature of Arizona Town Hall. What lessons can we draw nationally from that? I think we have to come to the table. I think we have to be curious about other people and their opinions. I think we have to return to a, a process of solutions instead of antagonism. If we don't, we're simply not going to progress as a country or as a state. Town Hall was very clear, uh, the results of that 
in terms of practicing, you know, authenticity and patience, compassion, talking about other people's opinions, trying to seek more wisdom out of what people are saying instead of putting up the roadblock. And I think that we could pass that on to others throughout the nation. Uh, I think it's important to sit down and actually invite somebody to a conversation, you know, have that coffee talk, have a moment where you can just sit and focus on a topic and not argue about it. Instead, we, you know, we should be learning about it, be engaged with one another and talk through some ideas. You might hear something that you actually like, even though you go into the conversation thinking you won't. I've always believed, and I think Town Hall proved this out in their solutions, was that political actors, residents in any community, all need to continue to have an open mind. We don't individually have the solutions. Collectively, we have the solutions, but we have to be collective in our conversations to get there. And it's really important to do that. Roberta Voss, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks for talking. 